What's up, meatheads? Uh, we're here today, this week, two weeks-ish, after our last show, and we got some good shit to talk about, so let's make it happen. Sweet. Let's get into this. <laughs> okay, so this past week, we had the the candidates for the supervisor positions. I believe there's two positions, and I don't even know what positions are open. Anyways, District 2 and District 3, and then some Sonora City Council spots are open as well. Um, they did their little candidates night at the, it was just on the radio, I guess. Um, you could find the actual audio of it at the com, I believe, or just check our show notes. We're going to have it in there. Um, so the, the candidates are Campbell, Titchenall, Cancio, Kirk, Rasmussen, Sylvester, and Hanvelt. I believe Hanvelt is an incumbent. He's already been in there. Um, so yeah, before I butcher this any further, I want to let you guys know that I just took notes on what was the questions that were being asked. And it was kind of like a, a kind of a forum. They had a moderator asking questions and then each person had a minute or three minutes, whatever it was to respond. So I was just taking notes on it. Uh, this isn't verbatim what they said or anything, unless I say it's in quotes, then I know I got a, the quote out of it. So if you guys want to know more about this or actually hear what they did say in real life you guys should listen to the true audio for it yeah we'll get that in the notes for sure yeah but we're we want to give our side of it and talk about it so that's what we're gonna do did they cover like uh just a topic by topic they asked questions or yeah so yeah sorry about that no it's okay they had taught they had a question and then they'd add each person had a chance to respond to the question okay um i don't know what the districts are set up like I know there's a di- district two and district three. I don't know if there's a district one. I don't know how the district system works. Yeah, I'm not sure. In this county, that's probably something I should know before I start talking about <laughs> it. <but laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're just going to get into this. So the first question that they were talking about was kind of their top budget priority or their number one concern, I suppose. Um, Campbell's was economic development based on a better broadband internet. Titchenall was law enforcement. Cancio was road maintenance. Kirk was law enforcement and roads. Um, with Rasmussen, it was keeping a clean and nice running house. And he said broadband, roads, law enforcement all need to come together to make a clean house. Sylvester, her, her budget priority was uh, resources and matching funds, bringing in more funds. Um, then she said something about matching road signs and emergency service systems. Hanvelt was big on public safety in a path to prosperity through economic development. Nice. So, so before I move on to the next question, is there anything you want to talk about with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't make it to the meeting, obviously. Um, with the broadband internet, where are they coming from? And like, are they, are they I, backing that up? I don't know. I, so the, the broadband thing came up multiple times. Almost right. with every yeah, question yeah. it got, yeah, it got I see that. brought up. It was one guy really pushing it, and then by the end of the meeting, they were all kind of... It's kind of weird how these <laughs> forums go, because 
they'll all say their individual things by the end of the meeting. When Everybody's saying the same thing. When they're thing. responding, they're all incorporating everybody's <laughs> same stuff into it. So, And you guys can kind of hear that when I just read that spiel, how it went from road maintenance, and then some guy said law enforcement, and some guy said broadband, and then the guy's like, oh, well, we need all of those. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which I guess it's true. I, I get really confused, though, because I don't know what they mean by broadband. Well, broadband is typically just high-speed internet uh, that's not, you know, dial-up. Uh, I don't. I'm sure. You know. I should know that. that like whatever the technical meaning is. Do we um, not have that up here? I, I, isn't Xfinity? I think broadband is specific means that like more. It's it's like the protocol that's basically sending the data. So it's it, instead of one single transmission, it's sending over multiple like frequencies, a wide okay. band of frequencies. So I think they did that first with, um, with like DSL, and then okay. so it's kind of anything above that. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but ever since Comcast hit the area, I, I mean, obviously there's still people that have issues. You know, there's a lot of frustration with Conifer or Frontier. Is Frontier still around? Frontier's still around. They, we have that here. Yeah. In the, in the where we're recording, and right. it's it's been crappy. I yeah. mean, it, it's definitely not as good as it used to be when it first yeah. came out. Yeah. I don't know if I was just comparing that to dial-up because that's what we had prior. Right. But I'm I haven't been happy with Frontier. I have. Comcast at my other house, and I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I don't wait for anything. Even uploading videos and whatnot, it's super quick. Right. But then I'm not using it as a business person. So this guy, it was Campbell that was talking about this. Um yeah. He was big about the economic development based on it. So I, what? You're more in the IT field. What would that like? What what does that mean? Like, is that? I don't feel like broadband is that big of a deterrent for people. Like, well, businesses coming up here, like. It, Where it, they'd be doing business, they have fast internet. Right? It, right, it's huge. I mean, um, it's it's extremely significant. If you don't have it, you can't. Like, I mean, uh, I have some family that lives like in remote Alaska, and they have and their internet's terrible. And yeah. like, you know, if you're trying to get remote software developers to live in your town and, and bring in some income in, yeah, they're not gonna. Th- that's not a place that's an option for them because you need to be doing live um you know live calls yeah. with your team daily you need to be um watching videos you need to be uh, uploading code downloading um SDKs like all, all sorts of stuff um but Tuolumne County is it too So I th- that's County? what I don't understand I, I I'd like to know more about what they're using to justify that because the whole um like downtown Sonora any any of the business areas Comcast hit whatever it was 5 years ago and yeah. there's no I mean there's there's you can get fiber um to most of the main business areas they can get uh, I think they have like 10 gigabit internet available which is I know they had it in Twainhart when I was working up there. Yeah, it's just know? it's just as fast as the bay area or anything. There's no there's no lack of broadband there. To, you know, to homes, I think there's still like I don't, I don't know what the percentage of homes is. I I mean, they, Comcast did some huge areas um, you know, when it, when they came through. Um, I'd say the majority of the houses up here have some sort of high-speed internet available to to them. If not, you know, Comcast, um, yeah, and obviously the people have trouble, but um, for any business or workplace, I, I don't see that being an issue currently. So, yeah, I don't know exactly where that's coming from. Obviously, you know, it could always be done better. There could be more competition. Um, <clears throat> there's talk about uh, it, some cities doing... Um, like like county or city run broadband, yeah. Uh, especially to get around like the net neutrality rules that are um, being revoked. Well, California yeah. is they were they were they were doing something going against it. Like, right, they were yeah. going to pass their own rules to yeah. to prevent it. Right, but like um, 
especially because Comcast is a major provider and Comcast has a direct kind of conflict of interest where they would like people to in um in order to promote sorry in order to promote the like Xfinity services like the streaming videos and stuff that they provide like they would stand to benefit from um, kind of going against net neutrality and throttling Netflix or Hulu or, or, or other, or other competing services. Okay. And so, yeah, maybe it would be good to, uh, have some ISPs at the county level or the whatever. County, county sponsor. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's benefit to be seen there, but as far as like something that's immediately. Something that would be a top budget priority. Right. Like, something that, something that's immediately hindering business right now. I don't see that being the case. Okay. Um, it, there, maybe there's some huge, uh, area that's uh, that's just completely in the dark ages, but I'm not seeing it right now. I think we have uh, like there's literally 10 gigabit um, fiber yeah. available to most of Sonora, and that I mean that's the speed is insane. Like uh, I don't see that being an issue. Okay, so um, moving on from that, I, that was the first thing that popped up in my head uh, when he said that. I was like, is that really his like, yeah. whole platform? Yeah. Like that's kind of insane, but well, not insane. It's just. Interesting way to start it, yeah. Especially because he was the first one that talked about it. Out of those, did any of those stand out uh, to you as obvious positives? Um, I really like what Sylvester had to say about the resources and finding matching funds for them. Yeah, I know that's what a lot of government agencies, mainly the Forest Service, does. That yeah, they do a lot of um, it's like a master. What is it called? The a tra- master agreement or it's some, it's some weird name Okay, where they get federal funding as long as the county can get state funding. And it's pretty much, they're piling that money together to co- accomplish something, you know? Okay. We got a lot of that with the Grim fire in Tuolumne County. Yeah. And that also caused us because we had to pay X amount of money for a Grim fire emergency response and whatnot. It actually like made us lose money at the end. Uh, okay. But we wouldn't have had the money to begin with to actually pay for stuff. Right. Um, so that was a positive that showed up that that I saw. That was something that I think as a county person, as a county leader, you should be looking at. Yeah. Um, Hanville's uh, path to prosperity through economic development. I mean, that's kind of it's positive for sure. That's a positive like phrase. Yeah. It all depends on how it's executed. Ec- economic development is one of those things that can be taken so many different ways. Right. That's that's so broad. Yeah. And they get more into that further on yeah um and i'll i'll kind of get into there too okay but the road maintenance was another one that i saw that i don't this is another one of those topics where everyone always bitches about roads but what roads are bad like i don't understand like (laughs) yeah maybe when we have a massive storm and we have these like you know acts of god or acts of nature however you want to i think insurance companies call them acts of god yeah you know like it's other than that, our roads aren't. Really That's what that usually bad. happens. A huge rainstorm will come through and yeah. just blow potholes out on every road, yeah. and then it takes a while to fix. I know Tuolumne Road was bad for a while; it was all patchy, um, uh, like in front of the Twain Heart Tree Farm. Okay. Yeah, there was some patchiness there for a while, um, but not. Oh, Tuol- yeah, Tuolumne Road North. Yeah, it, it wasn't even. It wasn't a pothole. Like they had fixed it, they just done kind of a quick patch job. Yeah, and so it was kind of like a, a really mild that. speed bump, you know. But it's not like driving up ninety nine North between no, Sacramento yeah, and Stockton. It's not, it's like it, yeah, gnarly. Like, and that's where I. Everyone likes to bitch about roads, but like yeah. until they pave them with gold, like when are you guys going to be happy? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm like. And the thing for me is like fixing roads 
is something that's temporary too. Like you can fix them as many times as you want to fix right. them, make them nice right. as many times as you want. They're still gonna they're gonna fall apart again. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what you make them out of, you know. Until we have hover cars going around, like we're gonna have tires rolling on pavement. It's yeah. gonna fall apart. Definitely. And it's kind of interesting to see the people sitting there, really getting on about road maintenance and kind of ignoring the economic development that would in a sense pay for that in the long yeah. run yeah 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 so that those were the things i kind of pulled out of the first question that was the top budget priority for each candidate right um i thought i had their opening statements on here but i guess i didn't type that out all the way okay and that's okay it's just them talking anyways yeah so the next question was they were talking about a 4.9 billion sorry they were talking about a $4.9 million deficit and how to close that gap. I believe they have to come up with the budget in July. That was for the county? I'm not sure what this was for. They just said there's a $4.9 million deficit. It was probably for the county. You can fact check that really quick. Um. So while you're fact checking that, I'm just going to go with it. Um. Titchenall, yeah, that, that is for the county. It is for the county. Yeah. Okay. So $4.9 million deficit for the county budget. And they're trying to figure out how to close that gap before July, I believe. Um, Titchenall's response: get government out of business, cut payroll. So when he was talking about, he was saying, talking about oh, government, payroll, government payroll. The pay, yeah, payroll for the the county, yeah, uh, county okay. county jobs. Yeah. Um. So get government out of business, cut payroll. So getting government out of business, I'm. Now these are just my notes. So I, I believe he was discussing, like building codes. The business, um, doing your business permitting, like, yeah. get stop spending money on that stuff, just enforcing that kind of slash government services. Is that I? That's kind of I'm gonna give him the benefit benefit of a doubt and say he didn't mean it like that. Yeah. but I'm that's essentially what I got out of it. Okay, uh, yeah, I, it could work. Um, I don't I, think so. I'd be interested to hear more of what his stances as a whole. Well, it, it, the specifics are, if that's the case. I mean, there's so many, um, there are so many parts of the government that are really necessary, especially in this county. You know, um, yeah, so he was, uh, sorry, I read further into some of the other candidates' discussions because you know how I was saying they build off of each other? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was definitely talking about cutting the, not cutting the, pay, cutting. sorry, he was definitely talking about getting business out of the, development things like the the business assistance getting things. government out of say that again? To, to save money cut the government spending that they're using to assist businesses as they develop oh, okay so further on kirk said it's not the government's job to create jobs yeah it boosts the economy by increasing business friendliness tourism and forest products which literally like the second half of what he said contradicts the first half of what he says i'll get he's, in. <laughs> he's he's done that a couple times so far which he, is a little strange but uh yeah um and it kind of it's not the government's job to create jobs that's somewhat true yeah but um in order for jobs to i, I don't you still have to facilitate jobs I mean, part of the government's job is to make sure that the economy is strong Provide and stimulating it. Because yeah. without a, um, without a, a, a somewhat healthy economy, you're the people in the community, um, within your jurisdiction. I mean, there's there's no environment for local businesses to succeed. There's no. People want to do business up here. If you don't, yeah. If you have no them. economy, none of it works. There's no money moving around. Uh, people cannot survive and they can't eat. 
they can't make money. Um, so if government should do anything, I mean, they're... They should be making jobs for people. Or <laughs> making it, it where it's easier for people to be getting the jobs. Right. Um, so the way... Sorry, I kind of phrased it a little bit weird, too, when I said that. It, it's not the government's job to sit there and be like, hey, you don't have a job here. You're going to work at Dollar Tree now. That was Kirk's position? That was yes, this was Kirk's. That's okay. what he that was his quote that he quote I listened to it three times to make sure I got the quote right. It's not the government's job to create jobs. And to a point I uh, it, it depends how you're looking at it. Like it's not a, the government's job to sit there and monitor your job. Like if you're gonna go work at Dollar Tree, yeah, it's not their job to be like, Hey, hire this guy, he needs a job. Right. But it is the government's job to make a business environment where Dollar Tree will want to hire people. Right. You know, and people will be able to go shopping at Dollar Tree. Therefore, like you, you create yeah, sure. the business cycle within your government jurisdiction. Where does where does Kirk sit on that spectrum, though? I, I mean, I I don't know. Okay, that's kind of a lot of these questions were um they weren't very uh, leading questions. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. They didn't really let people get super in depth on it. Okay, um, I'll go back to Cancio first. He spoke before Kirk. Sure. He said, um. Let Pedro balance the budget as he always has. He's, I believe Pedro's the he's the guy that does the budget. <laughs> I don't know if he's the the county assessor. Craig Pedro is the county administrator. All right, there we go. So he, Cancio says, let Pedro balance the budget as he always has. The deficit isn't as big of a problem as the newspaper reports. Um, kind of went on to say that it just don't believe everything you're reading, right? And that the they're like. They're at this point pretty much every year, and then they kind of whittle everything down as it is. Oh, okay. And it is, we are, what, two months away from that? That's kind of, it's budgeting. I mean, you don't, yeah. you never start off with like a budget where you go, oh, wow, we, you know. Everything worked perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it balanced perfect. Right. How'd that happen? Yeah, anyone who's ever been in any level of business management. <laughs> kind of yeah. understands that. Yeah. You kind of yeah. work backwards on yeah. budgets. It's not, it's not what you want, but it's it's very uncommon to have the budget yeah. work perfectly. If it is working perfectly, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you missed something somewhere. You're, yeah, yeah. Um. So Rasmussen, the next candidate, he said that the deficit will grow. Instead of it being a $4.9 million deficit this year, it's going to be $8 million deficit next year. After that, it's going to be twelve million dollar deficit. He's saying, forget luxury items like tourist, the tourist facility and the det- detention center, like we discussed last right. in the last episode. Funny story about that coming up later too. Um, so he says, cut those, cut the fat until we get more income into the community. Mm. Um, the tourist center was he referring to the the Lionelberg Street situation? I'm not sure. I. Someone else mentioned it later on, and it sounds like I don't know if they're planning to have mm-hmm. a bigger tourist center. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, because they said like a multi-million dollar facility. I don't know exactly oh, okay. what they're talking about. If this is something that we just missed, yeah, which I haven't, heard about we, that I haven't really been following, so I might have missed something. I know there's the the Lionelberg Street talk that the yeah. city's talking about in the development. Uh... Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a tourist center though. I think that's more. I don't because I think the city runs itself on a separate thing because they have the city council. That's true. Too. Yeah, you're right. And we'll get into those in a little bit as well. Okay. Um. And then the detention center is already there. Yeah, I think it's the constant funding. I think we discussed that last time yeah. too about the they are going to be coming up on some budget cuts that they're going to have to deal with, and I think that's might be what he's kind of referring to. Right. 
but we, I think we both agreed that the detention center is a positive <laughs> to our society. Yeah, no, no. You should just throw those kids out on the street, and so they, yeah, you know, you know, forget those kids. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the problem with having violent kids uh, with no uh, options? Yeah, running around your town. That's, There's no way this can backfire. No, none. <laughs> um, I will say Rasmussen is local. He's yeah, extremely local. Yeah. Uh, extremely local. I, I don't know. He <laughs> he grew up here, which is cool. Yeah. Um, not taken away from anybody else. Right. So I mean, he is. It's not. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Sylvester said, "Make sure local government identifies how future generations will be able to pay for newly built and planned facilities. Um, get rid of the mine in Jamestown, and property values will go down if we can't get insurance for buildings. Insurance companies are causing big problem. Um." So I just want to put this out there for while I continue discussing this. Sylvester was really articulate in what she said. Yeah. So a lot of what I'm saying might sound like I'm making it sound better. That she literally had this stuff planned out really well. Yeah. So when I I'm almost quoting what she said. I mean, I I don't want to say I'm completely quoting because I might paraphrase when I say it. Mm-hmm. But she was very articulate articulate with what she was replying with the, to the questions with. Um. Was she referring to Harvard Mine, the in Jamestown? Yes. And does that somehow affect the ability to obtain I, insurance? Insurance? No. So I think the those are separate thoughts. I think those are the separate thoughts. The mine in Jamestown. I don't know. I don't really know exactly what was going on with that. I know they were talking about planning it into like a big where they were going to sell it. They were doing something with it like a couple right. of years ago, and that all fell through. Yeah, Tuolumne County acquired much of the mine property in exchange for releasing Sonora Mining. Or shit, releasing, releasing Sonora Mining from a two point seven million dollar cash bond that had guaranteed the site would be cleaned up. Oh, sweet! But so it sounds like there are high levels of arsenic in the water. Yeah, and I, I've been down there. It's it, the way that they. It, I, I don't know if it's to address the arsenic or exactly, but they, um, they have fans on that are evaporating the water. Um, do they really? Yeah, there are these That's fans crazy. that sit in the water. People used to go diving down there. I know people still do. I, I don't. I don't They're think it's uh, legal. Bad enough to be super dangerous. But, okay. Uh, it's bad enough that they can't just release the water into the, the streams or whatever. And so I think that's how they control the water level, is they evaporate it instead. There's big evaporators down there. So I don't know if that's the only cost that the county's keeping up, but that might be what uh, she's referring to. Okay, court. There's. Also saying the to help clean the property, the county will pay the state six million dollars. Mm. So that could be what she's referring to as well. Okay. Um. Anyways, back to the insurance thing. That was more about the hazard trees. The the drought caused like yeah. the bu- the bug kill. Yeah. Um. Based off of the fires that we had in Santa Rosa. Right. And how Cal Fire's not approving insurance or the one blame Cal Fire. But insurance companies, based off of Cal Fire's decisions, aren't right. Issuing yeah, yeah, yeah. Insurance. And uh, that's that's what's lowering the house prices. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, or building whatever it is. Insurance is expensive because yeah, and the fire danger, obviously. Yeah. So it, those were two separate thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hanvelt agrees with uh, Cancio of not as bad as everybody says. Revenue is not in pace with costs. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're talking about the four point nine million dollar deficit. Yeah. They're actually in pretty good shape compared to neighboring counties. Past disasters have caused most of this problem due to the matches they had to pay. Mm. Camp Bell is not a lot we can do between now and July since they aren't even going to be elected in. 
before that budget gets passed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a stupid, <laughs> kind of a weird question, anyways. Yeah. Um. I mean, but they'll it'll you know the next time around it'll. it'll yeah, yeah. It does show what their thought process yeah. is too. So it's a good question to ask. And I'm I'm sure most of these issues won't aren't just applicable this year. So yeah. And Campbell finishes by saying you can't tax people anymore in the community. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's that's fair. So, next question: How to deal with the growing issues of homelessness? Mm-hmm. And this is and this one got kind of messy. Really? Just um, it's not necessarily like you can't just solve it by throwing money at it. You know, right? Kinda, right. Oh, definitely. You know, it's not so. It's not a one-step issue. So pretty much, Cancio says there's three three main problems with it. It's either an issue of personal choice, people choosing to be homeless because they don't want to, their responsibilities of owning a home and whatnot. I think he was referring to the upcoming generation that is more renting, less people buying houses. Mm. Um, it's a problem of drug addiction, and then it's about people that are down and out on their luck. He wasn't referring to, I mean, there's, um, there's a common kind of idea that gets passed around that you know, uh, yeah, people want to live under, you know, under the bridge or whatever. They 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 yeah are they, the way whatever their mental state is, uh, it's not, it's not in a place where they can handle or d- desire the. Um, the stability of a traditional house that you return to and pay bills on and everything. That, uh, that's definitely what he was talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, but yeah. But he, he did throw a comment about upcoming generation not buying homes. Yeah, I, I mean, stuff. usually like, when I hear it, it's a lot more negative and referring to older generations than, like, the tiny house community. You know, yeah. it's a lot more like uh, these people have issues where they can't handle, and they, yeah. you know, that, that sort of thing. That, that's what I've heard, but I don't so know. So, yeah, this guy, he kind of framed it more as an issue of personal choice. Like, you choose not to go buy that. You cho- you choose not to buy a house. You choose not to have bills. Right. And that, he definitely stressed it as a personal choice rather than, like, you're not mentally able to. Okay. If that makes sense. Huh. Okay. He, he kind, of, kind of weird. Yeah. Um. He so he continues with you should, we should provide for people who want to hand up. Yeah. It's a complex issue that the community has to work on and helping each other out. Yeah. Um. Kirk goes through says don't look at lo- don't look to the government to fix this. It should be the churches, nonprofits, or churches and nonprofits that help these people. It's a huge mental health issue. Grow the economy. Restore property rights. Um. In discussing the restore property rights thing. There was he did talk about. I don't know if it was necessarily him, but yeah. I think when people say restore property rights, they're referring to if you own a land. And this came up with the zoning thing that we discussed last time. Mm-hmm. Like talking about rezoning homes and whatnot, or rezoning properties. It was um if you own acreage and you have a house on it, like make it easier for the, the landowner to build a smaller house that they might be able to rent out for right. not nine hundred dollars a month, but you know five hundred dollars a month. Right, right, right. Sure. So uh, that's what he meant by restore. At least that's what I'm assuming he meant by the restore property rights, because that was kind of a buzz term. Yeah. So get the government out of it and leave it up to churches and and nonprofits, huh? Yeah. But then he mentions that it's a huge mental health issue. Yeah. So I mean, are we expecting it, churches to fire up mental health clinics and uh, probably? And then uh, hire up some, you know, so I pharmacists. Was, uh, how far? How far do the churches? Uh, 
whether how it's much a good of this thing do we or, push onto the churches yeah, yeah. to handle this shit? See, this is the thing that, like, from his perspective, yeah, I know the Kirk family, yeah, is involved with the Word of Life Church, yeah, and they really do. Um, the church does like, I don't want to say provide, but they rely on the church for providing a lot of things. I so it kind of it kind of makes sense that that would be his line of thought. Well, I mean. How inaccurate it is, like, is one thing, but I can understand why, like, he's thinking that way. I know that there's churches that do a lot of good in this community. I know that there's, you know, religious organizations that do a lot of good in this community. Um, And I wouldn't bash that at all. At the same time, expecting that to be the only buffer between people in your community literally dying, I mean, like, freezing to death, um, is a very strange stance to take. I agree. Um, the the thing that gets me kind of like it makes me feel ridiculous is right. people are willing to tithe ten percent of their earnings to the church, right? But when it comes to paying seven percent, if they're even paying seven percent of taxes, yeah, they refuse to do that, and that's kind of like. I, and I can understand you could say no. mismanagement and whatnot, but right? I mean, I understand. Have the you frustration. seen what some of the churches have done? <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Those soundboards aren't cheap. There's countless lawsuits against churches that have yeah. misspent money. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, I don't know about that. I mean, and like, even if you don't have basic human compassion for homeless people or, or whatever, and not that, not that these people don't, but take that aside and just look at it selfishly. Look at what the end result is when you take an approach where um, maybe the churches don't meet the burden Maybe, you know, the church isn't open with or isn't down with opening their doors to for people to sleep there during the entire winter. You know, um, you have human beings in your community dying <laughs> because they're freezing to death. Um, that is not a good look. That's not a That's not a community that I want to live in. Regardless, no. you, uh, the compassion, human compassion aside, I don't want to live in a community where people die <laughs> because uh, there's not enough uh, help for them if their if their mental states not in the best, yeah, not the best, or you know, I I think it kind of when I was listening to it, it was kind of didn't get me upset, but it made me like really. It made me feel like they would, they didn't understand the full scope of the problem because right. once the once Cancio said he brought the idea of like that lifestyle of you don't want to live in a home you don't want to be bound to that kind yeah. of thing once he brought that up each each one of the candidates pretty much discussed that and said yeah. like yeah you know th- there's a lot of people out there that just don't want a home and it's like yeah. but you can't sit there and say every homeless person in Tuolumne County just doesn't want a home. You know, like yeah, that's kind definitely. of a really flawed idea. And I, I mean, like the face of homelessness is like when you walk down, down, walk through downtown Sonora and you see a guy walking his dog or whatever, you know, that's yeah. just tired and missing all his teeth and he looks like he's been drinking all, all day. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the, if you're on like the Facebook group for uh, like the rentals, Sonora rentals or homes or whatever it is. Oh, it's stupid. There, how many people are there that are on there like, you know, I need a uh, house for this much, 800 bucks or whatever, pretty yeah. far under the average rent at this point. And if not, next week we're going to be homeless. Yeah. That's a reality for a lot of people. There's uh, the, the, the county did a study last year about like people in Jamestown that are like families with kids, um, yeah. not people that are burning all their money on, on drugs and alcohol and living in a tent like... Uh, 
normal families that that just can't that aren't making enough money to survive uh in the in the housing situation we have now i'd be willing to guess that that's a much bigger percentage of the homeless um population than you know people living in the camp down uh, by the fairgrounds yeah you know um and they kind of got in that with the affordable housing question which is coming up as well but that is a huge problem up here there's not enough there's not enough low rent properties. Like you can't. If I, I mean, if I wasn't where I was, I, with my job, I couldn't rent a house. Like there's the, no way. Yeah, the the average income and the average uh, housing rent prices just don't make sense at this point. They don't. They don't. Uh, it's not sustainable for this county at all. Yeah, like people are going to be moving out of the county. They're in other places. Right. And like we were talking about growing economic development, you're chasing it out. Like you're literally chasing it away. Because, yeah. I mean, you could sit there and say you need the more tax revenue from the people that are making, you know, six figures every year. But yeah. those people might be spending their money inside our economy, but chances are they're not. The people yeah. that are going to be spending their direct money directly back into this economy are the ones that are poor. Yeah. You know, it's percolator economics rather than trickle-down economics. And that dollar that the poor guy spends at the local, at the farmery in Columbia or at anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere in, in town, that dollar is going to go a lot further than a guy that's making six figures spends the dollar, you know, on Amazon hmm. or purchasing hmm. solar panels for his business that from a company that might be located in freaking Georgia or something, mm-hmm. you know, it's the local dollar is more, is way more valuable okay. than a, like a dollar that's external. And mm-hmm. that's, I know that's kind of going off another tangent, but <laughs> basically the poor people are, are going to be the ones that are going to make the county thrive. Assuming Their that they, assuming stay. that they have enough buffer to yeah. spend that money. Yeah. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And but I mean that if there, there's a level the, where if you're below it, you're not going to spend anything. No, and, no. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what causes the economic crisis when everybody's below a level and just money stops moving because yeah. people can barely feed themselves and keep a roof over their heads. Yeah. You want people above that. But you don't want all the money to be coming yeah. in from the you know the outsiders, and that's kind of I think that's kind of how Tulsa County needs to start looking at this stuff too. Like give, I mean you can't just funnel all the money down to them, but you gotta you gotta give them a leg up. You yeah. know it's and that's the thing. Like there's some like almost I don't know the exact number, but most people in the United States are like one paycheck away being homeless. Like if right. you don't pay the rent, like you're out. Like right. that's. That's kind of terrifying, yeah. especially in a county like this where, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, back to, back to this, now that we ranted <laughs> about that for a little bit. Where, where do we leave off on? We're discussing. I was I finished with Kirk, All right. moving on to Rasmussen. He's saying it's a homeless, the homeless task committee that was already developed is doing a good job. It takes a strong community effort and a nonprofit to address the, the issue. Sylvester says it hasn't worked to not have the government involved. We need the city and the county and region to work together. We need to see where it has worked before. We need to see where it's running and scaled in a way that we can scale. Maybe allow tiny homes or smaller animals on private properties. And that goes back to the the property rights being restored. Right. Um, Hanvelt started giving some statistics. Just, just on that, I'd, I'd love to see more tiny house yurt. Oh yeah, uh, and, and they talk a little bit more about that in the affordable housing yeah. question as well. It'd be really which, cool to see more provisions made for that sort of thing. That would be sick. Yeah, and it's I, I'll, I'll I'll get there when we get there. Cool. Um, so Hanvelt was saying um he gave out some statistics, said they did the survey. There's about 711 homeless people, but maybe more like a thousand. Says many are children. 
the average age of homeless of the homeless person is nine. Damn. And it's a personal hygiene issue. Yeah, it's true too. So yeah. But yeah, nine years old is the average age. I yeah. thought that was kind of crazy. That is crazy. Um Yeah. So Campbell says how we treat the least of us is who we are as a community. Mm-hmm. I believe one of the presidents said that in one of his famous speeches. Was it mm, JFK? Jesus, Jesus said that. Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus Christ said that. <laughs> allegedly, you know. Alleg- allegedly said that. God, I don't. <laughs> President Jesus, whatever. Some people believe it's one and the same. Uh, God, unto the least of these. Are you gonna Google that? It's uh, yeah, it's. Wow, I'm sounding like an idiot tonight. Matthew twenty five forty. Okay, so it's actually first in scripture. <laughs> Anyways, Jesus said that. Um <laughs> lack of housing or reduced lack of economic opportunities. There's no single solution. We need to form partnerships and attack the problems ahead of time. Tichenol says three pronged issue involve the justice system for those that need it. Non governmental organizations for those down on their luck. The, I don't know where his third prong was, but those are the two that I got written down. He might have said a third prong and I just didn't type it. I was really I was really trying my best to to type yeah. everything out as I could. Yeah. I don't know what the situation is. I mean, you, you look at the arrest and like you know, some of those guys get arrested every other day for they, years, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they're they just get them in jail, get them out of jail. They're yeah. Not, they're not I don't know. They made it against a lot of be homeless. I, I, it wasn't any more specific than that. It was illegal to camp set up a homeless on, camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, it technically was private land, right, that they were camping on. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it was kind of weird to begin with what the, the what the situation was. It seemed like they were trespassing essentially, and yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't I don't know exactly how that worked. I, I I read a lot about it and never fully understood the situation. But it's one of those situations where I mean homelessness is kind of a blessing and a curse. If you have homeless people in your community, it means that your community is actually doing okay because people want to be there. Right. Um, if you look at the bigger cities like LA and, uh, well, well, it's probably a bad example, but you see a lot of homeless people in Hawaii. It's yeah. People want to be there. Yeah. I think that's where people get the idea of like homelessness as a, as a lifestyle because mm. people do go to Hawaii and they just stay homeless because they can stay on the beach. Right. Their whole life. Right. Right. And what better place to be on the beach without having to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so the homelessness is kind of like all the biggest and best cities in the world deal with homelessness. It's not like, it's not secluded to like rural Tuolumne County. Right. No, yeah, definitely. You know, so I think with this whole issue, it is something that they need to start looking at. Yeah. One, as instead of reacting to it, they need to start coming up with ideas to fix it, which economic development is really what's going to have to fix it. Like if you don't, if you don't have jobs for people, and you don't have the good houses, like the cheap housing. Yeah, like it, it, you're not, you're never going to solve the problem. It's tough. People I mean, just have to move. It's been it's been an issue for decades in yeah. in big cities with booming economies, you know, and throughout yeah. throughout the tech booms and everything. Like, yeah, it's an issue that's always existed. It, it's tied in. We talked about it last time, but uh, it's tied in heavily with mental health. And um, yeah, I it, think the argument for the economic development side of it would be. Um, 
there'd be more money coming in to help the non-government organizations or the non-profits or even the government organizations yeah. gives them better funding to help to help the people that are homeless, you know? Right. It's not going to prevent homelessness, but it's going to make it to where the bum walking down the street might be a lot cleaner. Yeah. She has a brand new shower bus. There's a lot. To. There's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you consider, like like I said, the kind of the broad look of, of the people who are homeless, it's not just the, the guy who's, you know, burned out on the street yeah. corner. Um, there's a lot of studies that say the best solution is just give people houses, just find a way to give people houses. You, you, in, it addresses the problem in the most affordable manner. It, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, people have a huge problem with that. Some people do, you know. They they feel like uh, they were converting some homes in Seattle, the part, old parking garages that weren't being used anymore because yeah. the stadiums weren't being used or whatever. Yeah, they were converting each stall, like each parking stall, into like a miniature room. Oh, okay. You know, and they had a they had a shower bus that would be your shower. They had the porta potties that were getting cleaned out. You yeah. know, whenever, but people had their own like stall that they could live in. Right. You know, and that's like. We don't have parking garages here that are empty. <laughs> we don't even have enough parking <laughs> we for, all, for cars, we don't, <laughs> let there's, alone there's homeless that, people. There's that, too. <laughs> but, I mean, it goes along with giving them a place to be. It's where technically right. they're not homeless now. You have a home. You have right. this. Now expand from there. Yeah. Um, It's tough, though, because, I mean, you very well could incentivize Tuolumne County as the next, you know, hobo paradise. Yeah. You could make it so that, okay, like, oh, now Sonora has this great thing where they're giving homes to homeless people and incentivize people that more homeless people to pour into the community. Yeah. If you, if that, I mean, that's a real, that's a real concern too, that you're too giving and that it causes a problem. I um, think the city would have to look at it as we have this many homeless people. Yeah. We're going to provide housing for this percentage of them. Yeah. You know, and then no more than that. Yeah, it's true. But then you start turning people away and people could, I don't know that could piss people off too. If you're sitting there saying, well, these people are good enough. Then how do you pick who's going to be in there and who's not qualified? And that makes a whole Jesus opens up a whole another hallway full of shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's a tough problem. It's, it's hard. It's going to take a lot of people. I mean, but even on the instant feeds, you see people, the people that are panhandling, you see people posting there all the time. Like, I can't believe this person's panhandling again. And it's like, uh, uh, so, so, if you don't like it, don't give them money. Like, yeah, yeah. You, what, what valid, like. I hear they make $60,000. It's like, <laughs> then why don't you go panhandle? Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't like asking for things. I never ask. I don't even ask for help with stuff. Yeah. You know, so I I probably never ask for money, but if I had to, I would. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. I I hate how people always get on that incident feed and they always post <laughs> pictures of people paneling. It's like yeah. really. Yeah. Like. Oh, that, that seems so petty to me. Yeah. Um. So moving from the homelessness topic, because now it's just bumming me out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about something that relates directly to it: growing problems with affordable housing. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um. So, Kirk's solution: attract younger people from Silicon Valley to build a better tax base and restore property rights. Yeah, that's fair. I'd like to see. Uh... Yeah. Um. Better tax base. I don't. I'm not necessarily sure how the tax base stuff works, but 
I I just get some weird red flags with that idea. Because more than one person has said that. Mm. And I think... What's the? Do we know what the breakdown is as far as how the county gets I, their, see, I don't, gets and their that's, taxes? Yeah. That's what I want to know before I like really object to this. Some of my mind tells me, though, like if you're attracting the richest people up here, they're probably not going to be paying their taxes up here. I'm not sure the people yeah. that own vacation homes in Twainheart, are they paying their taxes to Tuolumne County? I mean, you pay your property tax, so yeah. But does that directly get given to Tuolumne County? Um, I, I, there, I'm, there's probably some breakdown. I know some, some of it. Does. See, I, yeah. I want to look up the, I want to find that breakdown before I go any deeper in that yeah. topic. But I mean, if if it's literally based like that, if it's that simple, then yeah, sure, that's a good idea. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's it's a good idea. I'm it's it I that. mean it's tricky. Like, the um, property taxes are getting paid on, um, houses that exist. Uh, I'm just trying to think, where else do taxes come from? Like, uh, what what else would be the tax base? You get what I'm saying? Like, no, no, for sure. I mean, so other than just property but if we're rezoning stuff to make it to where it can be developed differently to where more people could afford it that's going to drive the taxes lower right it's like it's a catch, isn't that like a catch 22 you can't have yeah, affordable housing in a high tax base i mean I, so you have people move up here that are making more money so maybe they do upgrades to their house their house becomes worth more which means the property tax goes up but i mean we have i think it's um locked in in california where your property tax yeah, only go is. up every 2, like 2% every year yeah. Um. So that's. I mean, that's not going to make a huge difference, anyways. Um. If you get people with more money moving in, um, that's more money that can go to local businesses for sure. That's true. Right. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying for the tax, though. Uh. I mean, they're going to buy. They're buying properties that the taxes are already getting paid for. If they're doing new, it's subdividing and doing new development. You know that there's new money there. Maybe that's. Uh, yeah. There are some development efforts in place, so yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the case. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I, there there could be something there. I just when I when I heard it, I got I don't know what my brain triggered, but I was like, there's something. Something's fishy about that. I don't know if that would actually help or not. I, you get what I'm saying? Like, no, I mean, I, I want to look th- into it more. I think really we talked see. about it last episode too. There's a lot. There's problems with uh, people with money coming in. It's going to push the housing market up yeah, even more. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The more money that's in the community, it'll move around, and you know, there, you will see local businesses um, moving up. Uh, but you'll see you'll see other stuff going up as well. So I I don't know. Uh, I'm not an economist, but there's there would be pros and cons uh, to that happening. I think a lot of it, even just basic supply and demand. Yeah. If we have a lot of people demanding homes, especially people from Silicon Valley moving up here demanding right. homes, the price is going to go up, mm-hmm. and that's. That doesn't make affordable housing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's bottom line, if we're trying to solve affordable, like whether that's good or not for the economy up here, right? If we're trying to find affordable housing, that's not. I don't think that's the best way to do it. I mean, the other option is people make more money, um, or that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, to uh, to me, the effectiveness of getting people up here, people like that up here, would be behind um, the fact that they could. Bring jobs they up could they could launch companies, yeah. bring startups up, and uh, actually create op- more opportunity up here. Okay, and you'd have. Um, I agree with you'd that. You just have people who are experts in different industries entering the community, and that who aren't Doug Kennedy. 
um, <laughs> you know, actually making a positive difference and, and you know, yeah. uh, bring, uh, yeah, job opportunities and just, uh, just stimulating the economy in that sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure, yeah, you just hit it on the head. Mm. That's pretty, the, the more professional base we have up here and the more of a, like experienced base of people we have. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not going to harm us at all. I said it last time. Like there's, there's, there's industries we're good at and we're good at, you know, uh, timber work. We're good at, uh, yeah. lumber milling and, uh, you know, some other stuff, but like putting people in jail. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there are, there are certain types of skilled workers that we have, uh, yeah. construction, but like there are certain industries that we have almost, you know, no, no expertise in and we could, be taking advantage of that i mean we're we're in california these people are around yeah um and we yeah. are directly like 99 is not that far away for shipping stuff either yeah it's kind of yeah if it was going to be like a good space business yeah um and like kirk was saying you know silicon valley isn't that far away either there's no yeah. reason why we can't start growing our facilitating our own silicon valley up here exactly uh, so Rasmussen, the next candidate, says market is stagnant. Contractors, businessmen, and and investors want to invest in other. God, sorry, they want to invest other places. The county should help with the restrictions to enable easier development. So he kind of phrases that weird. He's pretty much saying that the county should help counter the restrictions that inhibit development to make it easier for them. Yes, they should lighten up restrictions to make pretty much that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, keep an eye on, we need to keep an eye on environmental issues as well though, since this is where a lot of our tourism is based off of the environment up here. Since we're beings that require oxygen and water to survive. There's, there's that too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. But I do know Rasmussen was involved with the college, the Forestry Natural Resources Club. Yeah. So he does have a a mind on that. That's cool. Um, and when I say the stuff about the the candidates, this is stuff that they discuss in their opening notes. Mm. So um, yeah, and it's a small community; everybody knows everybody. So yeah, there's that too. Uh, Sylvester says many house parks instead of mobile parks. In many house parks instead of senior parks, I think mm. that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the more rundown ones, like the ones in Jamestown. Mm. Um, it's too pricey, so we need to look at those hindrances. I'm not sure. Oh no, okay, sorry. So many house parks for those that are just starting to own homes. So as like the starter, as you're getting older, that's what you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. Or as you're like starting your life, that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. Um, it's super pricey. We need to look at those hindrances. Handvelt. Uh, just. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Side note. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane that this is what America's turning into. It's super fun to watch. They're like, <laughs> it's not fun. It's terrifying. It's They're horrible. like, uh, I read a number that said 80% of the wealth, the wealth generated last year went to the top 1%. Yeah. Um, there's a gigantic wage inequality or, or, um, Income inequality. Income inequality problem we're having in America. Um, it's unprecedented. This has never been a problem before. If you look at um, inflation calculators and, and stuff, look at the, the average price of housing now, look at the average wages, um, you know, uh, 30 years ago. It's funny because those people that are like, that were buying houses 30 years ago, yeah. they still, 
deny that. Yeah. They still yeah. say, no, it's just as easy now. Yeah. You just have to know people. And it's like, <laughs> the numbers, who, do you, yeah. who are you going to know? There's only so many houses for sale. Yeah. The, the, number, you know? the numbers are there um, very clearly. Uh, and I mean, the, instead of addressing that, you know, this is what it's turning into the county level talking about making miniature house parks so that there people can get into houses. Uh, it's, it's crazy to watch, um, happen, but that's apparently what Americans want. So we'll just roll with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I'd be down to live in a tiny home. Yeah. I mean, practically and for the minimalism of it and the simplicity. Yeah. It's great. But when that becomes the only option for people to, that's horrible to have housing, it's very strange. Um, But what are you going to do? It's kind of, yeah. I mean, it's cool that she addressed that idea, though. Yeah. Because um, that is a solution. I yeah. mean, albeit kind of not I mean, not a at this solution. point, you're working, yeah, you're working with the best you can do, you know, with, yeah. the, with what you've been given. Um, we have run down mobile home parks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not convert into mini house parks? The cool thing about that that I was going to discuss earlier is that if we're building those mini houses here in the county, since they aren't, you don't have to build those like at some big company somewhere. Like you could build yeah. those. A local construction business could build, you know, probably they could probably do two a day if they yeah. really like got a good yeah. system going, you know, and that could provide jobs as well. Sure. You know, um, Habitat for Humanity could be doing that really mm-hmm. easily instead mm-hmm. of building full houses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that is a solution that does cover a variety. It helps, doesn't solve, but it helps a variety of issues. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. Hanvelt says affordable housing doesn't exist. It's an oxymoron. Um, building codes that get added often don't add value. Mm. I kind of agree with that. Um, the Tuolumne County is built on the financial grave of hill development. That's a quote from him, and I love that quote because it's, it's totally true. Um, yeah, I mean, we're built on the financial grave of hill development. <laughs> Uh, push back on building code environment or push back on the building code environment mm-hmm. challenge. This challenge is statewide. Yeah. Uh, Campbell said economic activity is lacking, which is causing the problem. If it was profitable to invest and build here, people would help bring in more tourism industry and technology. He also said some about broadband again, but I didn't write that down. I just remember he always yeah. had to say something about broadband. <laughs> the internet. This guy's, Hey, that's his calling. <laughs> we need the tubes. Titchenall, government gets in the way, but it's still supply and demand. Create a climate that advocates for the small home developer instead of McMansions. Let supply and demand take care of it. Mm-hmm. That's, I believe that's kind of true to a point, too. Um, yeah, definitely. We got to make, like we were saying, the economic development of providing an area where people are going to want to come up to and provide jobs up here. Like yeah. We were discussing earlier. Yeah. Cancio says families can't afford to live here. We must work together to get it done. It's not just the building industry, but we need responsible growth. Mm. Did anybody mention um, the idea of something was passed, and I I think they'd have to repeal it to do it, Um, but secondary properties taxing them at a higher rate, um, or I guess vacant properties taxing them at a higher rate than occupied properties? No one mentioned that. Um, I've I don't I haven't run through it all in my head or read any information on it. Um, but the idea is basically you're inclined to 
either rent your property out um, or sell it. Yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, if you have... If so you it's going to cost you more to have it empty. Yeah. If you have a second property that's just sitting um, and not being a house to someone in the community, you're going to pay more money on that. So you, you incentivize people um, to it basically make the housing market um, better and, and, and reduce the... or increase the supply. I have a feeling... And I might be totally wrong with this, yeah. but I have a feeling when they were talking about rezoning stuff. Yeah. I think because I think there's a it's not a restriction. What's it called when it's I think there's an exemption for um rural land mm. that's used as like farming or ranching. Mm. I think that's part of what they were trying to do with when they were rezoning stuff. Like, okay. yeah, we're gonna rezone this as a rural even though you're technically not. Yeah. You know, so I think they're trying to get around that idea, which oh. is It'd be good for the property owners, but it kind of sucks for the economy as a whole for us. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But I, yeah, I, I hadn't heard that till just now. But I think that I honestly think that's what they were trying to do with that other thing. They yeah. were trying to rezone it and make it to where look, we're going to ease the restrictions, so you know you can use an exemption on on your land, so you don't have to worry about the five acres behind your house. Right. You already split up into lots. Here's waiting for the market to get better to invest in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to add to that question? Uh, no. It's, it's okay. Good. So they went into the school enrollment and how it's on a downward slide. How can the county keep young people here? Is it college or uh, school? They brought up the high, the, the high schools, the uh-huh. normal schools, yeah, yeah. whatever. Not, But I'm sure the college, they, each candidate said something about the college, though. Yeah. Um. And then a lot of these questions kind of just tie into each other, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's all based on yeah. economic development. Yeah, and sure. I really wish they would have gone more on their opinions of economic development mm-hmm. since that's such a broad topic. Yeah. Anyways, Rasmussen started this one, says, We have great teachers in schools. It's all tied into economics, and we have lagged too much and now have to hit everything at once. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's true to, to raise a family up here. It, it can be difficult for a lot of people. Well, if you want to have kids in school, you got to have families up here. And if you don't have families up here, yeah. you're not going to have kids in school. It's not a... Yeah. I, I you mean, aren't going to have kids in school up here, no families. Like, it doesn't work like that. Having children uh, <laughs> increases the your cost of living significantly. Uh, yeah. You can survive as a couple in a difficult housing market, but for a lot of people, you know, the, the kids just pushes them over the edge and they have to go somewhere you else. Can't, you can't, you, you aren't as mobile anymore. You yeah. have to be. Yeah, that too. What? I said, yeah, that, yeah well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was just saying oh. that the, the added expense of having yeah. children day to day. It's not like, like you're saying, it's not only the added expense though. Like if you, if you just, if it's just you and your wife or you and your girlfriend yeah. or you and your boyfriend, whatever you want to, be you and your dog if you get a job offer nice. somewhere else or you have you, like it's easy to cut expenses it's easy to be like look we can't afford this payment yeah. we need to take not do it yeah. or look i have this job opportunity over here that popped up i didn't move over there but once you have a kid and you're responsible for the kid or you have multiple kids or whatever mm-hmm. you know you're not saying you're stuck there but if you know you have to be providing for them at the same time you might not take that for, you might not Switch jobs. You mm-hmm. you might you know. Mm-hmm. I I think I don't want to call kids an anchor, but it is an anchor. It does make you less mobile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. like you were saying. Yeah, sure. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, no, it's good. Um, I don't have kids though, so I, <laughs> I just have a lot of dogs. In dog, I mean, even freaking animals <laughs> are anchors. Yeah. Jesus, try to run a home without with. Oh the, man. Without pets. Oh, God. Yeah. That's. <laughs> 
It goes back to the affordable housing. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, you know that if, whenever they figure something out, they're not going to allow pets. And <laughs> no, no, no gonna, matter what happens, people are going to lose it. <laughs> pets aren't going to be involved yeah, at all. Yeah. Um. So Wester goes into that. We're on the school topic still. Yeah. Um. She's deeply concerned. Broadband for us to have our own small businesses. There's I don't know that, why she's that broadband again. Yeah, I don't know why she's on the broadband <laughs> wagon. Um, affordable housing, and then a culture for the younger thirty somethings is extremely important. That's true. I, that's, I think that's, that's a huge thing as that's well. That's almost gone in this, like completely gone in this community. Uh, it's frustrating. Everybody leaves though. Anybody that wants, um, everybody that's serious about careers and and kind of being motivated in life, uh, bails out either before college or usually before college, but some, you know, sometime in their mid twenties also. Yeah. Um, think about the demographics of Tuolumne County have changed immensely too. We have a lot more old people. Not, I don't want to say old people. We have a lot of people that are retirement age Mm -hmm. and they, those people don't have kids to go to school. Like they're, they're 30 year old kids moved away and took their kids somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, so addressing the the thirty year olds that are here, I think that's a big deal. And I mean, look at where the thirty year old people are moving, whether it's for a job or not, and like try to model Sonora after those places. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Instead of trying to make our own niche, we need to start looking into other because obviously making our own niche isn't working and it hasn't worked. Right. Right. Uh. So moving on to Handvelt says it's all economic development. We need to create jobs. And then we need to put a large emphasis on the master agreement with the Forest Service. And I think he means that's how he's going to create jobs, which I agree with. That is a, a good way to make jobs. Make. What's that mean? So it's like the, it's like I was mentioning earlier. The county doesn't really have funding to do something like tree mortality. Well, okay. Let me backtrack. We, like a lot of the replanning stuff, the, there's people, there's the, the forest contracts people from the county to go do stuff like that. Mm. And it's kind of like both agencies are providing funding to pay for those contracts to hire people to do that. Okay. It's a master agreement between the two. It's say, if you do this, we'll do that. If you pay for this, we'll match the cost and give you this. And that's, yeah, it's obviously way more complicated than that. But a master agreement, you have more than just the Ptolemy in the community. You have like Caesar gets involved. You have two care. You have Tita. You have like pretty much anybody you can think of that has a stake. Yeah. All the stakeholders come together and they come out with an idea it's give and take. Like maybe CSERC doesn't want you to do this project, but they understand that the implications of you doing it will are generally positive. They're like, you know, we'll we'll go with it. But these are our concerns. Can you at least mitigate these? Sure. And uh, you know, the county might have their concerns as well. And that's pretty much what the master what master agreements are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of like a charter almost. Okay. Um, so I kind of agree with Hanvelt on that. It, yeah. We do need to start creating these. It takes time to create these, though. Yeah. And more people lose than people win, Yeah. if that makes sense. There, mm-hmm. A lot of people have to give up quite a bit. But in the end, it is it is beneficial. Yeah. Like, and it gets people further than they would have gotten just trying to struggle through it on their own. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. might be losing quite a bit of stuff, but you are, I mean, the the common good gains from it. Yeah. Um, Cancio, uh, we need opportunities for students' parents. They went from having gold mines to having a forest to having nothing. 
we don't have a magic bullet and we need to create a mixed business environment that is healthy and provides opportunity. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it seems like our the way we've looked at industry in the past has been uh, very one-sided. This one's going to solve our problems. We're not going to worry about it beyond that. Just like right? we're good now because everybody works in yeah. lumber. Or, you know, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we do. I mean, I agree with that completely. We do need to get more people in here with different skill sets. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Tichenol says competition to public schools such as charter school. Wait, wait. Okay, so Tichenol brought up the idea of competition to public schools such as charter schools and homeschooling. He's not a big fan of teachers unions and we need to better the economy. What? Yeah. So he, he would like to see charter schools and homeschooling or is that, yes. that he thinks that's what's responsible no, for he, the slide. He, he thinks it's responsible, but he's for it. He, well, and I remember one of them was really against public schools and it was this guy. Yeah. Or I don't want to say he was against public schools, but he was very for, alternatives to public schools. So, I mean, if you're not for it, you're kind of against it. Yeah. I and think that's a huge red flag. Yeah. To be honest, I think, oh uh, man, I, it really I think the makes last me thing, mad. The last thing this county needs is worse education. Exactly. And I think I'm all for having alternatives like charter yeah. schools and homeschooling. I know a lot of people that have gone through that yeah. type of schooling. I think there's a place for that, but when you start redirecting your focus from public schools, that is for the typical person that lives up here, and right. you start putting your money in all the eggs yeah. in your charter or homeschool basket, yeah. I think you got some huge issues going on. There's a lot of push for that, like in the federal government, uh, that Betsy DeVos, she's trying to you know, I, get yeah. support, like uh, money pushed more towards uh, charter schools and private schools. And I'd be really interested to hear this guy's stance prior to this election, like yeah. prior, prior to the Trump election. Yeah. You know, I'd really like to hear what his thoughts are on it. It's because... There's potential. There's potential there um, in alternative schooling for really great things. I think. Yeah. The uh, it, it is so loosely regulated in Cal in not California but in the United States um, that there is huge potential for a complete lack of understanding of of reality of the of, of critical thinking of um, not being just fed ideology and spit out in a world where you don't understand how to take information, assess it critically and form a opinion. That's not just you parroting the same thing you already think. Um, that there are huge dangers that I know from a extensive background around people in that community. Um, they, it can be very dangerous and would not, Making a big push for that is not a beneficial thing for, I don't believe is a beneficial thing. And especially at the cost of public education institutions. See, uh, I, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't yeah. mind it if it exists. I don't care if people are choosing to do that. Yeah. Even if there's a push for it. Like, yeah. If that's where you think your kid could learn the best, yeah. then by all means, do it. But when you start taking funding away or you start taking your focus away from the public system, yeah. I think that's where you're you're really shooting yourself in the foot and yeah. you're really, I mean, that's how I don't want to sound racist, but that's how like the, the urban black schools that, mm. that are like in complete disrepair yeah. where they like 
they don't get any funding because they don't meet any standards. Right. Like that's what's gonna happen. That yeah. the people have shifted their focus away from that. Yeah. And the schools fall apart, and that's kind of. I don't know. I think it was Betsy DeVos that DeVos DeVos. DeVos. I don't think I've ever said her name out loud. Is it DeVos? <laughs> DeVos. DeVos. Yeah. She even said like, "Why would I go visit the schools that are doing bad?" You know, like and that's <laughs> that's like their. Yeah. <laughs> that was in a sixty minutes interview, like you know, and that's kind of. If that's their stance on public education, then yeah. But then I guarantee you, ten years from now, see how shitty public education was. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it's like if you don't fund it, you don't facilitate it, and you don't foster it. Of course, it's gonna yeah. be shitty. I like, mean, this isn't something that they're talking about right now uh, as, as a fix because you know the you don't see the the outcome of of better education for you know a decade or longer. Um, but that's one of the biggest things we could do to stimulate the economy is make sure that is to bolster the experience and the, the quality of education that the average student receives, not the person whose parents can homeschool them, which is almost impossible given the, you know, the looking at the, the current young adult generation with kids. Yeah. The overwhelming majority, both parents have to work in some form just to survive. Um, this is a homeschooling and alternative schooling was a luxury that previous generations could do. It was even a struggle then. Um, but it is becoming less and less, um, uh, of a less and less possible, uh, with the, with the growing needs, um, of of families these days. That said, this isn't something they're talking about because, you know, everybody's thinking on the short term coming, you know, with this election coming up and whatnot, but like, that is one of the biggest things you can do is have people who are well-educated, who are uh, adaptable, intelligent, and can be the next generation of business and be the next generation of your economy um, who can can build up businesses, who can um, compete in a, you know, what is this, a statewide, a countrywide, and global economy at this point. Um, and, like, that's what's going to make you succeed in the long term um, is it starts at the very bottom uh, in education uh so that was anyways so that's kind of off topic of the question but i just think education is super important i think it's a red flag when you say you want to cut education to public or he didn't necessarily say we need to cut it but when you don't stand with the teachers and you don't stand with the public school system yeah how much the community do you really support yeah because that is the backbone of a community yeah you know then oh. the teachers unions how do teachers you know try and survive? what teacher would vote for this guy if he's like <laughs> okay anyways <laughs> i don't want to dictate your vote yeah i just want to inform you um no no dictate it completely i'm gonna dictate your vote guys vote for uh me <laughs> i'm gonna throw my hat in this race <laughs> you guys uh, don't even know my name the campbell's next campbell's next sorry uh, he's, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, it's cool. I needed to get back on topic. <laughs> uh, Campbell says families need to stay here. To do that, they need jobs and affordable homes. Ultra power plant is an integral part of our community, and we need to retain them. I don't know what he was talking about when he said that. Do you know ultra, what ul- the ultra power plan? Ultra power. Kirk. Goes, wait, 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 wait. Oh, the ultra power plan. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. It's <laughs> just goddamn dude. Huh. Whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah, we we should probably look into that because I don't know what the ultra power thing is. The way he said it though, it seemed like everyone knew what he was talking about. Okay. And I've kind of felt stupid, like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like their contract was ending soon. They need to retain it. Uh, he... It's a biomass plant. Okay. <clears throat> Is that where all the wood chips go? I'm assuming. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I assume if it's biomass, yeah. All right. I don't know. I can't find anything about it. That, uh, <laughs> Mouth diarrhea. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> I can't find anything out about the ultra power plant, but it sounds like we're in some sort of five year um, agreement and we want that to stay so that the, we, it sounds like we have a deal with Edison electric and um, which is in Southern California. And uh, we want that to stay so that people keep their jobs and money keeps coming into the community. I'm all for that. Yeah. Um. So Kirk ends this one. Uh, it says economy. We need to get with business owners to see what we can do to make a more friendly business environment. It's a great place to raise children. This is where we want to raise children. And, drumroll, the weed industry could ruin that. Oh, no. (laughs) So. The weed. That leads us into the next question that the moderator asked. (laughs) And uh, he says, what are your views on recreation and commercial growing of marijuana in Tuolumne County? Um, so this question's kind of, it's kind of a loaded question Mm. because there's a lot of different like facets to this. There totally are. And I think, uh, no one's done a really good job of like breaking down even the terms that they talk about. They talk about big corporate marijuana and they talk about like the only options are like, it's either some guy in a, in his garage with six plants or it's like uh, Marlboro, you know, uh, yeah. coming yeah. through and, and raping the entire countryside. Yeah. Uh, it seems like there's very little uh, consideration for the the spectrum of situations that I imagine would arise, you know. Yeah. Um, people seem to be very for or against uh, one or the other or both. I think it's really been framed by people that are against marijuana. Yeah. Whether it's recreational or commercial, it's really been framed as, yeah, it's going to be a big corporate monopoly on weed and no one else can grow if we let these big people come grow. Right. And that I've heard friends that grow on not not for their personal selves. That, that right. These people are in Calavera, so yeah. they had the permits that were required at the time. I don't know what happened with that. Yeah. But he he didn't want those that one measure to pass because it meant that he couldn't grow. But it's still allowed for commercial growth. But he was told that it was, oh, if you if you pass this, it just means one big corporation can do it, and that's it. Mm. But that's not what the law state or that what the measure stated. Yeah. But then other people said the reverse too. So it's kind of. I was reading at the, that at the time, and it seemed just so clueless. And oh, like it, it, nobody it's had really any idea what they scattered. were doing. Yeah, it was super deceptive that by the people that wrote it. Remember, they had to pull it because yeah. the information on it was like just deemed to be clearly deceptive. Yeah, and intentionally intentionally deceptive. Yeah, uh, Calaveras is a mess, but they did it to themselves. They did, but that. They're a mess, but that's something that Tuolumne County can learn from. We could learn what they did wrong and what yeah. they did right. Yeah, hope, I mean, hopefully we can we, hopefully scale it to our needs. Yeah, hopefully the people that get in aren't just completely ideologically. And run. I believe Rasmussen's one one of the people that said that. Yeah. Said, uh, yeah, Rasmussen claims he's the pro cannabis candidate. Um, <laughs> the cannabis candidate. I think that's a cool phrase. He needs to be, or not, he doesn't need to be responsible. It needs to be responsible. If we think the drugs are a problem, 
sorry. If we think the drugs are a problem, we should think about alcohol. Yeah. He uh, also went on to say a story about his personal life. His dad, the later years of his life, he got hit by a drunk driver and had like was was pretty much like ruined the rest of his life. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't type that out though. I kind of wish I would have. Yeah. Um, policies should be placed to make things more responsible. Look into what Calaveras has done and learn from their mistakes. Uh, Kirk says medicinal mer- mer- medicinal is okay. Recreation. His opinion doesn't matter since it's illegal in California anyways. Commercial could completely wreck our community. Kirk's opinion is really interesting. We can link to his um, website. We, we should link to everybody's website, I think. That's true. I I haven't... His is one of the ones that I've read kind of in, in detail about his... Especially on the weed. Um, his justification for... Um, I'm trying to think. Um... Well, tied in with what Rasmussen says about alcohol. Um, one of the ways Kirk's just, Kirk justifies his position, he, he cites um, the different portions of the arguments that he makes on his website. Um, you know what? Let's just pause and pull it up really quick. Okay. So if you look at uh, this, the marijuana cultivation section of um, Kirk's website, he has a, he has a, you know, a bunch of bullet points. Uh, the last point is... Marijuana cultivation will force increased taxes. For every $1 generated in taxes, more than $10 in costs to society will go unfunded. Um, and, and then he, he points to a citation uh, down below. And so, so he's saying that um, even though we're going to see tax revenue, um, we're going to see 10 times essentially the increase in, in crime in in uh, in cost to society across the board crime health whatever if you go to his citation though for that statement he says the cost to society for both alcohol and tobacco exceed total sales by approximately 180 percent he says assuming marijuana is similar and taxed at 15 percent so he's just assuming he's assuming right? that okay. marijuana <laughs> has the same cost uh, to society as alcohol and tobacco. I don't understand. He's grasping at straws. He, completely. I, I don't. That to me was insane. That I that. That's it, a good it, catch, though. On your it's part, it's not to. A, it's not. He's not pointing to a study. He's not. He's. He's literally just saying, well, assuming. because alcohol and tobacco. If you look at. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, he's very vague here, but I would imagine that part of that cost of society is in health um, health effects. And I mean, of course, um, alcohol destroys people's bodies. You know, Lives, um, yeah, families. DUI accidents. Um, of course, alcohol has an extremely high cost of society, as does tobacco. Um, but many of those costs are not associated with. Um, marijuana use um i mean i mean the the effects of dui alcohol versus marijuana is heavily skewed towards alcohol usage yeah um the health negative effects heavily skewed towards tobacco so it's it's very strange so then he goes on to say assuming marijuana is similar and taxed at 15 percent then taxes will provide nine percent of what is needed to deal with the costs to society who will pay for the other 91 percent but again, he's running. Sense. He's running off numbers that are completely, but there's that are backed by nothing. It's arbitrary. Yeah, but like, yeah. It, it doesn't. 
Yeah. That, that's kind of where... So what, what about the money, like, the people that switch to CBD oil to treat, you know, common problems, or not mm. common problems, but maybe chronic problems? Yeah. How much is that saving us in terms of... Right, yeah, and there's benefits. I mean, there's, there's and clear health benefits that you are know? studied and established, yeah. But so when Rasmussen says, if we think drugs are a problem, we should think about alcohol, too. It, like, to me... But Kirk's position requires you to take that approach, if you, more so, yeah, because he's literally pulling his numbers on marijuana straight off of alcohol and tobacco, yeah. Um, so if Kirk is being logically consistent, um, you have to look at banning alcohol. You have to look at banning tobacco. Yep. Um, if if that's a real concern yeah. to you, you know, or and at least it, increasing the taxes where it'll cover. Well, yeah, and maybe maybe that is his his position, but uh, I would l- like to hear more of what he has to say about that because to me that's very strange. So okay, I full disclaimer here. I read this one backwards. I started with the last candidate, <laughs> and I'm working my way up. So a lot of what Rasmussen was saying about the problems, he was the one that went last for this topic. And I think that's why he also called himself the pro-cannabis candidate, mm. because no one else said they were. Mm. Um, the other candidates discussed other problems, too. Like, And I think that's where... I think that's why um, Rasmussen was saying, if we think the drugs are the problem, we should look at this. So let me go from the top. Sorry, guys. Yep. Um, <laughs> so Sylvester started it. She said the state and feds need to uniformly address this. She's not in favor of a big business, single corporate marijuana company, in favor of the smaller grows. Hanvelt is concerned about increased availability of the drug to children, and this is where the problems that Rasmussen was talking about come into play. Hanvelt says there's irreversible brain damage, and vast vast majority of people do not want it. Camp- I, I think Can Canvelt has a point there. Obviously, um, everybody should be concerned about the drugs availability to children and the mental effect that it has on them. I don't think anybody pro or against does not realize that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy to make a case um, that you're the, you know, to kind of virtue signal, you're the one that cares about the children. um, And you're the, you're the one that doesn't want the kids to get their hands on marijuana and everybody else does. That's, but it's, it's, it just doesn't work that way. Nobody, thinks kids should have easy access to marijuana. But that goes, it's the same for tobacco and alcohol, too. Exactly. No one thinks the kids should be able to go at 15 by a 12-pack. The pro-marijuana side, many of them think that the better way to keep it out of the hands of kids is by regulating it but allowing it in the same way that we do with alcohol and tobacco and do an okay job at keeping that out of the hands of kids. Um, And that, using that sort of argument is a... I'm not saying that's what he was going for, but it's an easy way to appeal to the emotion rather yeah. than the logic of the argument, and uh, it's not necessarily always honest. I feel like a lot of the stuff, not trying to dishandvelt at all. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the stuff he was saying was, um, man, I don't even know the word for it. Because when they were talking about the public safety being a number one issue, he said because he Hanvelt is the incumbent. He is. Yeah. He's already on the board. He's trying to be reelected. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were talking about the number one budget priority. He scolded everybody when he said, like, because people were saying what their concerns were, or the candidates were saying what their concerns were, and yeah. then he said, well, some of you guys got it right, but the number one priority is obvious, it's it's public safety. You know, it's like, 
<laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, so everyone else got it wrong and their opinions don't matter. You <laughs> Thanks, <know>? God. <laughs> you know, and that's, so I think Hanville's really uh-huh. taken the stance of being a politician. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, he, and when I read his closing statements, you guys can kind of pick up on that as well. Mm. Um, let me continue with Campbell, though, because he brings up what you were saying. Yeah. Um, there is a role for marijuana in, in our society. It won't be a problem to our children if we handle it correctly. Uh, we could solve the big commercial grow concerns with zoning solutions. Mm-hmm. Tichenol says just don't do it. It's an all-cash business, and it makes a problem, and it can't be tracked. <laughs> Paying employees in cash, so we'll have a transient worker issue, no commercial, no on commercial cultivation. That's so crazy. I, but I agree with the cash business making it a problem. Well, yeah, but it's a cash business because it's banned. Exactly. Like that's li- like literally saying don't like ban it, and then says the problem with banning it in the well, same. Well, the, the problem with b- the ban is it's, it can't be cash issue because it's federally banned. So banks can't process money. Right. Oh, that's true. That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the issue. So yeah. it's not statewide. It's it's fine. That's fair. State banks can process it. Yeah. Most state banks aren't. You don't, I mean, do you use a state bank? Uh, I don't. I don't know. If your bank's FDIC, mm, you know, no. insured, yeah, yeah. then you—it's not a state bank. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's not. You know. Yeah. So essentially, yeah. that's what it means. So, like, if you have a Wells Fargo account and you're using Wells Fargo to do your payroll and to do your, you know, your yeah, to pay your employees with their paychecks with direct deposits or whatever, mm-hmm. you can't do it. It's not legal for you to do it, and the bank won't process it. Yeah, yeah. All you right. Know? Sorry, Tichenau. So. What he says makes sense until it becomes federally yeah. legal. Yeah. We're going to have that issue. But that that's more of a push to make it legal yeah. Yeah. on the federal level. Right. And so he did bring up, I think he does bring up a valid point. We had a lot of, so a lot of the people that say like it can be taxed and whatnot, it is going to be harder to track it. Yeah. Because it is, it's not going to, you aren't going to have records of it. It's all sure. cash. Sure. Um. Now, I don't think that's a big enough, a big enough uh, hindrance to, Say no on marijuana completely, right. but apparently that's his stance on it. It's just don't do it. Um, I think those are problems that we need to solve. Yeah, yeah. Before it gets to a point where we have to solve them with a solution that we didn't think out. Right. Um. Yeah. So Cancio says we have to deal with it in our school system. The revenue will not be enough to solve the issues that will arise through law enforcement, school systems, and unforeseen problems. I it's really hard to get an honest numbers I think but um from the mixed things that I've read I think that the facts disagree I think that it at least what I've read leans more towards um a surplus of tax money yeah um in the areas like you know Colorado and Washington where they made the initial push to allow this stuff so I believe I'm not sure which one it was. Mm. If you guys choose to listen to this, you'll you guys will hear it. One of the candidates said he spoke with people from Colorado. Yeah, and I, it must have been it was one of the people that's against that's against marijuana okay. cultivation. Yeah, so I think it was Hanville because he he was really pushing that he knew people. Mm. Um, he talked about how like it, it was a disaster for them; they couldn't handle it, and it was like horrible. Really, but. The disaster, and I've read stories like that, but the disaster, they aren't pushing to get rid of it. They're pushing the federal government to legalize it. Right. Because their problems are stemming from it not being, it's a controlled, it's a class one. A schedule. schedule or one. schedule one, sorry. Yeah. I no, get no. confused with my CFRs. <laughs> it's a schedule one narcotic. Yeah. And 
until it's not that we're going to have these issues with with the mon- with the monetary systems behind it. Right, exactly. And I mean that's something that we're going to have to solve as a nation. It's not going to be a state problem, but I think if more states start adopting it as a viable business option, I think it's going to force the hand of the federal government to either do it or not do it. And say, yeah. No, we're not going to do this yet. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump came out and and made it legal though, honestly. Made it legal? Yeah, I wouldn't be It seems like he's I don't know. We can get into a Trump discussion later, but it seems like he it's something that he'd Yeah, I don't know. do just to do it. Uh, yeah. Watch his Twitter, guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> Can you imagine him lighting up? Right. <laughs> Could you imagine his tiny fingers rolling? Oh, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lots of stuff to discuss there. Uh, I hope you guys kind of got something out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that was the end of the questions for the candidates. So it went in the closing statements. And I'm going to try to skim through these because they had three minutes for each one of these. And I don't really want to get too in depth. Uh, so closing statements for Hanvelt. He start he throughout the whole thing. He and I didn't really mention this when I was typing the notes out, but throughout the whole thing, he was talking about how he knew people. He had connections. He was discussing these topics with senators, with you know pe- people at the state. Mm. Um. So. He said that we don't have to be at every table, but we should be at as many as possible. Um, the some about the rural committee for, or it's, uh, it's RCRC. I can't remember what it stood for, but it's something about rural rural communities. Mm-hmm. And being on that opens doors and more connections in the state government. I think he's a vice president of it, or something along those lines. Okay. It's connected to many people, and that makes a difference. Best connected to bring our problems to those that can help fix them. Mm. Campbell's closing statements is that we need to decide what we want in this community and then, and then work towards it. We need a variety of economic opportunities, high-speed internet lines, improve the potential for entrepreneurs. We have to start planning ahead for future issues like the ones we have experienced in the past. Titchenall says... Jesus. <laughs> we live in a tyrannical state. The voice of rural counties doesn't matter to Jerry Brown. He stands strong with the state of Jefferson. We've gotten used to living off the scraps from the master's table, and we need to bring our representation back. The sanctuary state issue will be a problem, and it's bothering. He is against the raise of salaries for supervisors, and he doesn't want our constitution to be abused. Um... On that, uh, the the sanctuary state vote or sanctuary county vote, I guess, happened um, within the last week. Yeah. Um, did, was there any mention of that? Or was there any? No that that besides, happened after besides this. Besides that, oh, oh okay, yeah, happened yeah, after that's this. That's right. That's right. Um, do you want to discuss that now? I just I just think... to touch on it. I don't. I mean, I think uh, there's. People jump very quickly to the negative um, that they don't want a safe harbor for illegals to just flow in, and and this is their landing spot because, and I, I think it's mainly based around the name, sanctuary state, sanctuary county, sanctuary city, whatever. Um, if you look at what it's actually seeking to accomplish, and I've heard mixed things on whether it actually does this, and so I don't necessarily agree with the the, the idea. Um, but the idea is that um, you you create an environment where 
um, immigrants who are not here legally can talk to law enforcement without fear of being deported. Um, you basically create an open communication to make your city safer. Yeah. Because they, any, any crime that's happening within those communities can be reported rather than covered up. Yeah. Um, uh, and that that's the that's the goal behind it. It's not just some liberal pipe dream of sticking it to the the federal government. It's yeah. it's to create um a a place where illegal immigrants can still talk to law enforcement in order to um address problems that can be brewing up within their own communities. Yeah. Um so with the supervisors voting they it was a five to zero vote so they all yeah. they all approved the idea of saying that we're not gonna be a sanctuary county. Um I think it's just a waste of time, to be honest. Mm. Like it's a state thing. The state already said they were gonna allow that. Yeah. I mean where I don't know. I don't know how the how jurisdiction works. Yeah. Especially with like the sheriff's department and whatnot, because mm-hmm. um, they're getting paid through the state, and the state's the one that's giving them the money. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's stupid and it's petty that our local government has to sit there and do something like that when it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Mm. You know, like I, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It just pisses me off that that's that's what they're going to spend their time discussing. Yeah, it's you very, know, yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, when you look at the numbers, it's it's more emotional than anything. Yeah, but you know, people have emotions, and that's what happens. Um, I had a whole bunch about the immigration thing too that I was going to talk about like four episodes, three episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it just it's fine. We we'll get to it at some point. Cool. Um, so let me finish up with these closing statements, Cancio closes with we have issues and we need to solve them use the master stewardship agreement to solve the issues it's funny because he wasn't one of the ones that actually initially talked about the master stewardship agreement yeah but he he brought it up in his closing agreement it's closing statement mm-hmm. uh we need to use the same model to bring all the stakeholders together to come up with common goals to benefit society we need to all live together as neighbors the whole goal is to get things done mm. kirk says he's not part of the good old boy network Never ran anybody's political campaign. There's a bunch of like people like snickering and stuff at this, which is I don't know who it was because yeah. like they didn't introduce themselves. Right. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know who it was. And then someone's like, "You took a jab at me, now let me take a jab at you." It's like, what's going on? <laughs> uh-huh. That's interesting. Um, I am who I am. I'm involved in church. Research is the beginning of wisdom. We want to raise kids in this county that is pro-family and pro-American. Reasonable and transparent. I am the representation of the next generation. Huh. Uh, Rasmussen closes he closes out with a parable about burglars in Twainheart. He's not a politician. I'm a public servant. What, what did he talk about, the burglars? I said pretty much the parable of the landowner that left his servants in charge of their land. Uh-huh. And then when he comes back... The house, the water, the water faucet broke, and someone broke in, and all the windows were smashed. Uh-huh. And then he didn't really like giving into it, but said pretty much we need to be neighbors, I guess. 
uh, yeah. Uh, I'd have to listen to it again to really see <laughs> what went on in it. Right. Um, but yeah, plans on donating twenty percent of its salary, which I believe was the increase they voted on, mm. every month to a local charity. The rest will go in an account that is only used for supervisor duties, and the rest that's not used will be donated at the end of the year. Communities are strongest point. If a law is unjust, we have a duty to disregard it. It's about us, and it's about our rights. We have tough decisions ahead of us, but it's our job to deal with the basics before the luxuries. Sylvester ends with the question, small government and less taxes. Does that mean cutting the things we need? Platitude does not fix the problem. They create a black market. I will, I will solicit public input and hold monthly office hours. It's easy to find differences, harder to find commonalities. All people need to take an active role in the community. And that was that was it. Cool. But that was a whole lot to type out too. Oh, yeah, man, good job. Um, so before we discuss anything else further, if you guys enjoyed that, let let us know in the comments or wherever yeah. you see this. Um like I said my disclaimer before, I might have misheard some of this. I might have mistyped it or paraphrase it a little bit too much. Um, so this, these aren't their direct words. These, this is what I got out of it when I was listening to it and typing it out. I did listen to it twice and I, I listened to it first, listened to it a second time, then typed it out. Um, but you guys, I encourage you to listen to the whole audio as well. It's probably less lengthy than this podcast. So check it out for sure. Sweet. Um, so after discussing what the supervisors or candidates for supervisors were discussing, uh, they talked about weed. That was a, a a pretty big topic. It really comes down to really knowing what the measures are stating and knowing what, like, the actual meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Like Calaveras learned, uh, all the people that were following the law ended up being in more dire straits than the people that were breaking the law and they were trying to they were trying to follow the guidelines that the county wanted them to go with. Mm-hmm. Uh we talked about economic development. That was another huge topic. However Lucy wanted to find that. Um it's definitely something that we gotta start looking at as Tuolumne County you know, strives to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Um a couple of candidates discussed the tourism industry and one of them, I believe it was Rasmussen, was saying it's a luxury item that we shouldn't be focusing on. That is kind of our bread and butter right now yeah. in Tuolumne County. And Yosemite just posted, the National Park System just posted the economic impact of each national park. Mm. And this is, I mean, obviously Yosemite's people drive through Tuolumne County to get to Yosemite. Yeah. Let me pull this up really quick. Uh, where is it? And it's not gonna let me go to it. Come on. <laughs> it was something like five million five hundred million dollars. Okay, is this it? Sorry, you're gonna have to cut this, some of this out. I'm sorry. What the heck? Doesn't I have a breakdown by parks? 
Okay, this is ridiculous. Okay. <clears throat> oh, oh, oh. Ah, okay. Uh, go. Okay, so according to the National Park Service, Yosemite National Park created $535 million in economic benefits for the, or, yeah, for the communities near the park. So tourism is obviously an economic factor in economic development. And that's something that, I mean, the supervisors should not ignore that. They should be yeah. discussing that and yeah. kind of getting on top of that kind of idea. Um, and Yosemite is just one park. We have, you know, Calaveras Big Trees. We have Columbia State Park. I mean, we have other parks around here. Mm-hmm. Um, roads were another issue. Uh, I mean, for roads, if you guys really want to go drive bad roads, go cruise through any other state. Yeah. <laughs> like, like honestly, I don't, yeah. I don't know what you guys go are. over the Altamont. Yeah, or yeah, go over the Altamont. <laughs> Uh, broadband internet, we discussed that pretty well. And then the homelessness, we also discussed pretty well. Yeah. Um, those were the major topics that were represented through what they were discussing. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, if you guys enjoyed this or have any opinions on this, let us know. We want you to be active because we could talk at these mics all, all week long. <laughs> Honestly, we probably yeah. could. <laughs> but we, we want you guys to get involved with this too. And if you guys are enjoying this, let us know because, you know. All right, guys. It's been fun. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Peace.